here today. I know we've got kind of um, a lot of people gone, but I'm glad you're here. And for those of you watching on um, online, good to see you too. Um, just a, another little plug for the uh, the gathering on two, or Wednesday night. This past week, we talked about uh, Paul preaching in um, uh, wherever it was, but it was Acts chapter 20, and uh, he was preaching for so long, he just kept going, and Eutychus is a younger dude that fell asleep and fell out of the third floor window and died, and Paul brought him back to life, and so there was a lot of discussion with it where it's like, um, I'll try to preach short so y'all don't fall asleep. Um, I, there, you know, there's, there's no way I can bring you back. I'm sorry. I'm just, I, I don't think God has gifted me in that way. But um, if you do fall asleep, that's okay because we're not on the third floor, so you should be fine. You'll just, you know, you might, might miss a few things. But, uh, but yeah, if you get the chance, uh, we do have a good time with the uh, the Bible study on Wednesday nights. Um, so last week we're, we're continuing with um, suggestion box, and so last week Paul talked about uh, Habakkuk's complaint to God. So he's like presented all this to God, you know, because the Babylonians or the Chaldeans are going to be coming in, and that is a problem. You know, they're going to do all this because the Israelites, the Jews, were not following God's laws and uh, had fallen away from Him. And so this is how he was going to bring them back. And um, so chapter 2 starts off with Habakkuk saying, um, chapter 2, verse 1 says, I will stand... I will stand my watch uh, and my station and station myself on the ramparts. I will look and see what he will say to me and what answer I am to give to this complaint. So that's kind of one of the nice things with it is Habakkuk complained to God. He said, okay, here's, you know, wait, are you really sure you want to do this? They're just going to totally destroy us and everything. And, um, but then from there, he waited on God. He watched for him. He, you know, got, went up to the ramparts. He positioned himself and said, I'm going to wait for God's answer. Um, adversely, how often do we just pray and move on and not look for God's answer? Or if God gives us an answer that we don't like, well, that's not fair. That's not right. I don't like this. This is... Um, this isn't right. And so we get angry at God because we don't get what we want. But the nice thing with this, we see Habakkuk says, okay, I'm going to sit here. I'm going to wait. I'm going to watch. And, you know, he, he has a dialogue with God. And uh, we can have that too, just obviously not verbally for, for the majority of us. Um, so moving on, uh, we're going to cover just a, a little bit of God's response. We're just going to look at chapter or verses two and four today, or two through four. And uh, so we'll go ahead and pull those up. And uh, the Lord replied, write down the revelation and make it plain on tablets so that a herald may run with it. Um, for the revelation, sorry, um, for the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks to the end, and it will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come, and it will not delay. See the enemy puffed up. His desires are not upright, but the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. So first part of this, first part of God's response is write it down on tablets, make it clear. 
So you ever notice how we make things way more complicated than what they really should be? And sometimes we get so deep in everything. There are parts of the Bible that are difficult to understand. You know, it's like, not going to lie, um, you know, hey, book of Revelation. You know, we probably could sit here and talk about that for a long time and have all kinds of different uh, discussions with it. But which is right, which is wrong. You know, we're, it's, it's difficult. But there are certain things in the Bible that are very clear and very easy to understand. Don't kill. Don't steal. Don't commit adultery. You know, you can fill in the blank with so many different things. Uh, but, you know, like I said, some things are a little more difficult. Uh, Philip... And we learn about him in Acts chapter 8. You know, he's, he's following God's uh, discussion, or he's following God's, or the Holy Spirit, uh, and he's cruising along, and he comes up along this chariot that a eunuch is riding along and finds out, oh, he's reading, you know, has scrolls. He's, he's reading the Bible, basically. And, you know, Philip, walking along beside him, said, hey, you know, notice you got a Bible there, you know, you... How, how are you understanding it? Everything good with it? And it's like, and his response was, how can I understand unless someone instructs me? So Philip says, well, it just so happens I can do that, you know? And so they go along, and before long, Philip is able to baptize the eunuch, you know? So it's like, hey, there's some water. Why can't you baptize me? So they go ahead and, and they do it. So, so there are parts, you know, it's, it's good to have the discussion, the community, the fellowship, to be able to discuss and have a better understanding of the Bible. But sometimes, you know, we need to get back and look at some of the simple things. Um, one of the greatest quotes, I, I love this, it's from Carl Barth, he's a great theologian, but, uh, and he's talking about um, John, you know, where it says, in the beginning uh, was the word, and the word, you know, so all that. And so Carl Barth said, and the word became flesh, and then through theologians became word again. You know, so sometimes theologians, you know, we, we can make things way more difficult than what they really should. Um, also, a plug for Vacation Bible School. Um, that is a good thing to be able to do. Uh, it is so nice, there's one, one time, this was a long, long time ago, but I actually helped with uh, Vacation Bible School, I think it was like with preschool. So with the preschoolers, you know, your Bible verses for the day were super simple. It was like, God made the fish. God did this. Jesus loves me, you know? So, so certain things like that where it's like, it was so nice because, you know, we can get caught up on all these deep theological things and, oh, sounds so impressive. But sometimes it's nice to just look at the simplicity of the message. And God was telling Habakkuk, make it simple, make it plain. And the two things, it's like he ends up saying, uh, so that the messenger can run with it. They're kind of two different ways of looking at this passage. And either way really works when you stop and think about it. One of it is, you know, run with it. It's like basically if somebody's running by, sees this message, it's like, oh, okay. You know, so essentially what one view is, it's like, how, it's, it's like a billboard, a message from God. And it's very simple, very easy to understand. Uh, I don't 
sure you've been like this before, but sometimes I'll be driving along and see some kind of sign, but it's got so many words and so many things, it's like you can't understand it. And you're like, what? And you miss it. So the idea is just short, sweet, simple, boom, here it is. Oh, okay. And so, you know, we've all seen those billboards that we like, laugh at, whatever, because it's like, hey, that's got a good message and we can see it. Um, that's one way to look at this. But then the other thing is also, this is a time that people would send messages by, or, you know, it would be a literal messenger and you would get the message and run from point A to point B. And depending on how far the distance was, you'd have to stop someplace, give the message to somebody else, you know, usually, <laughs> okay, you know, and try to, try to get the message out and then it would keep going. And sometimes the message could get a little bit different. And, uh, you know, I'm sure we've heard the, the, the telephone game and stuff like that, where you start with a message someplace. And, and uh, this is a clip from Johnny Dangerously. So. Get this to Johnny in the great fight. Berman's going to kill Johnny's brother at the Savoy Theater tomorrow night. Got it? Got it. Berman's going to kill Johnny's brother at the Savoy Theater. Pass it on. Furman's gonna kill Johnny's brother at the Savoy Theater tonight. Pass it on. Furman's gonna kill Johnny's mother at the Savoy Theater tonight. Pass it on. Furman's mother's gonna kill Johnny at the Savoy Theater. Pass it on. Urgent message through the grapevine, Johnny. Yeah. What is it? Johnny and the mothers are playing something at the Savoy in Vermont tonight. Furman's gonna kill my brother at the Savoy Theater tonight. I didn't say that. No, but I know this grapevine. So, uh, yeah, Johnny and the mothers are going to play Stomping at the Savoy in Vermont tonight. You know, so um, it's easy to see how sometimes a message can get messed up when it goes from one person to another, to another, to another, to another. So, you know, when the when the message is simple, when we're able to focus on, OK, what's the important part of it? We can move forward. And uh, the next part of this moves on to God's timing, you know, because. Uh, Habakkuk ends up saying, so the revelation awaits an appointed time. It speaks of an end and it will not prove false. Though it linger, wait for it. It will certainly come and it will not delay. Basically what this is saying is God's timing is different than ours. A lot of times we can get caught up on certain things and look at it as, okay, well, God's not going to answer this. Or, okay, God, where are you? I asked I ask you this three minutes ago. Uh, you know, we get caught up on so many different things. Um, we, we want it now. We want, you know, it's, it's one of those things that it, we have to have something as quickly as we can. Uh, microwaves are great, you know, because it's like you think about you can cook so much faster with it because it's, boom, you throw it in just a few seconds or a few minutes or whatever, and what used to take a long, long time. Uh, if you pull up, you know, I, I looked at this this morning, but it's like, I just typed in minute abs. You can have, you know, 60 minute abs, 30 minute abs, eight minute abs, you know? So it's like, you can, you know, whatever workout, you know, it's like, dude, you can have, you know, great abs or a, um, 
washboard stomach in just six minutes if you do that, you know. And so, um, you know, everybody comes up with something that's a little bit faster, and we want instant gratification. Um, you know, Queen ended up singing, I want it all, and I want it now. You know, it's like not just I want it all, but I want it now. And that's the mentality we have so many times. Um, God doesn't work like that. God's timing is way different than ours. And a lot of times through those different things, we can learn something that God is wanting to show us. Um, you know, even if you're not a Christian uh, or a follower of Christ, you know, we still have an idea of divine revelation and divine timing. Um, this is a meme that kind of shows it all. So when you're down in the dumps, just remember this, the earth is 4.5 billion years old and you manage to exist at the same time as Van Halen. Um, you know, so you can put pretty much any group in there that you would want to if you think about this, you know, uh, you live in the time of broken binding. So, uh, shout out. Yes. <laughs> um, but, you know, we, we, you know, even if we're not Christians and not believers, we, we have an idea of, you know, some kind of divine timing and, and different things. But God is talking about, you know, the end with this, he's talking about the end of the Babylonian captivity. You know, so he's saying, okay, it's going to come. But you got to wait for it. You got to be patient. You've got to you've got to go through all of this. Um, you know, you, when you stop and think, when Habakkuk is hearing, you know, his his original complaint to some of this is, well, you know, we really don't want the Babylonians to come in because it's it's you know they're going to destroy us. But you know, so you kind of think about it. Habakkuk is basically it's kind of like he's gotten a life sentence, and now he's just waiting for it. And it's like, oh, I'm not sure if I want this. This is, this is not too good. Um, but the point of the Babylon, Babylonian captivity is not to just totally destroy the, the, the Jews, but it's to bring them back to God because they had you know, strayed away so far, so far that then through this, it's like, okay, this is a way to bring them back um, and you stop and think a lot of times people when when you're facing difficult things it can really bring you back to god um you know and you can also look at this and the you know as christians we can look at okay second coming god's coming back jesus is going to return you know we're, we're still waiting for that sometimes feel like oh we're twiddling our thumbs or you look at everything in the world going on it's like oh wait He's coming any time now. Uh, you can look at it in so many different ways, but the whole idea is that we need to change what we're doing. But the nice thing through all of it is God wins. You know, so that's that's the most important thing is God wins. Um, I'm going to tell you a little bit about my story. Um, if you notice, you know, some of you know all of this, some of you don't. But um, I was supposed to have a hip replacement um, last November, so I'm still gimpy. Um, when I came to thinking, okay, everything's good, woke up and they said, um, we couldn't do the surgery. You got something going on with your heart. Um, we did some x-rays while you were out. You've got fluid in your lungs. You got fluid around your heart. And it's like, oh, okay. Of 
course, I'm, you know, you've not lived until you've had IV Lasix and a spinal block. So just saying. Um, I'm going to leave that there and move on. Uh, <laughs> so, um, you know, it's like, I, I, you know, it's like, okay, I need to see a cardiologist. So waited and waited and, you know, all these struggles. And it's like, well, we can get you in January 24th. And it's like, you know, things kind of progressed and continued to get worse. And I'm kind of like, I'm not sure I'm going to live that long. So called the, uh, the VA and they were like, oh, yeah, we can see you faster than that. And so I had an appointment, went to the VA December 16th and, um, and found out, oh, it's going to be a virtual appointment. So it's like, okay, not sure how this works, but um, they had an echocardiogram that they did on my heart that morning. They did an EKG. They had blood work and all this. So it's like, okay, didn't take long. I'm sitting, Joy was with me. We're sitting there visiting with the, um, the doctor who's in Las Vegas. And he said, um, you look fine. You sound fine, but you're really sick. You need to go to the hospital and you need to go now. It's like, okay. And he said, you probably came by private vehicle. You need to go by ambulance. Okay. You know, I'm not sure if he knew the distances or anything, but you know, the VA on Republic road is not that far from Cox or Mercy. You know, it's like, really? Okay. So ended up going in, they admitted me to the hospital that night. I was a rapid response, which is just a step below coding. Um, I was extremely tachycardic. My resting heart rate was 140. So, um, and that was like, just sitting there. It's like, yeah, I'm fine. And it's like, no, I'm not fine. So uh, through the course of everything, I spent 31 days in the hospital. Um, and that was kind of a, a waiting and and I, I'll admit, you know, it's it's not like I'm just okay. God's going to answer my prayers. And everything's good. I, I had my faith. I believed, and and I felt like I was in God's hands through all of it. But with it, it's like there were times I was like, okay, I know Joy would try to read the Bible to me, and it's like, yeah, I'm I'm not getting any of that right now. I'm sorry, <laughs> um, but it was just still kind of comforting, you know. It's like, okay, it's it's from the Bible. You get credit. Um, but went on, you know, through all of that, they actually sent me to, I spent two different times in ICU. They sent me to KU Medical Center. They were actually talking about heart transplant or LVAD, which is like, oh my gosh, that's a left ventricular assist device, which is basically a pump and a battery that's hooked onto the outside of your body. And does. And so it's like, oh no, I don't want to go down that road. So, um, so then finally, um, they ended up putting in two mitral valve clips in my heart. So um, that made all the difference in the world. Last week, I got my medical records. And through, through all of this, it's like, okay, you know, I'm, I'm doing all right. Before they took me back for the procedure, they said, uh, two guys came to get me. I was like, well, can I go to the bathroom real fast? And they're like, do you need us to wheel you over there? I was like, no, I'm good. I can do it. And when I hopped up and kind of wobbled over, they're like, wow, we were told you were really sick. It's like, oh. Okay. Um, so when I got to looking at my medical records, just kind of perusing through towards the end of it, it actually says end stage multi-organ failure. So it's like, oh, oh, that is really bad. Um, but the cool thing through all of this, it's like I had so many people praying for me and I know that, but I've got a friend, uh, it was a Marine I was deployed with, uh, in 2019 that I got, to, I 
was able to baptize him in Kuwait. So that's just, that was the coolest thing for me. But been in touch with him, reading through the Old Testament together. And uh, his prayer through all of this was that God would heal me in a way that he would be glorified. You know, it said, I want you to be healed in a way that nobody can question that this was God. You know, looking back, it's like, oh, dude, he totally answered that prayer. You know, I would have been happy with the, hey, you're good, okay. But, um, you know, even the, uh, a lot of the doctors were, you know, some of the words we heard were, I'm perplexed. They couldn't figure out what was going on, what caused it. And then uh, the doctor who did everything was just like ecstatic, where it's like, you know, uh, to give you an idea, when I was trying to get an extension for leave from going back to work, one of the, uh, the nurse practitioners said, would you want six months? And I'm kind of like, oh, I'm, I'm thinking more like a month, you know? And it's like, okay, well, let me ask you this. You know, it's like people in my situation, how long do they normally take before they go back to work? She sat there and said, they don't. She's like, okay. Um, so no, it, it truly is a God thing. So God's timing, while it may be different than ours, you know, sometimes, sometimes we don't see the answer we want. Sometimes we feel, you know, still may question, but God is still present with us through all of those times. Um, the next part of this in uh, verse four, he talks about, see the enemies or the enemy is puffed up. His desires are not upright, but the righteous person will live by his faithfulness. So you basically have two different kind of people described here, believers and non-believers. So the non-believer is a person who's puffed up, arrogant, self-sufficient. It's like, I don't need God. Believers are described as righteous. You know, it says the, and, you know, the righteous will live by God. So the, the whole idea of righteous is not perfect. There's none of us that are perfect. The idea of righteous is somebody who's right with God. Um, and you know, this, the simplest terms is being right with God, um, living or when it says live by faithfulness, you know, there's some, a little bit of discussion on what the word means there with it, but a lot of it is actually reliability and steadfastness. So that's kind of hard to say sometimes, but steadfastfulness or steadfastness. So, uh, you know, the whole idea that you're, you remain true to your faith and what you believe. You, you hold on to it and you continue on. Um, it's loyalty to God's covenant. And um, with that, like while I was in the hospital, I had roommates two different times and they were different. Um, drug users is probably the best way to describe some of it. But, um, you know, I had one, one of them that when I was, could really pay attention, it's like, oh my gosh, I'm on like the same medication as he is. But he couldn't even walk to the bathroom. He's constantly hitting his call light saying, can I have, I need morphine. You guys are terrible. You're not taking care of me. Um, pretty obvious his life choices were not the same as mine. Um, but when I hit my call light, it'd be like, can I have a popsicle? Uh, <laughs> I learned, you know, so God, a good, uh, a good cardiologist and popsicles saved my life. Um, so, you know, it was just kind of different with the way, you know, the things that we look for. But um, my faith, you know, it's like I look at my faith and my sense of humor made all the difference in the world when I was in the hospital. Because 31 days in, in the hospital is rough, um, you know, and, and 
I, I can honestly attest to the fact that the food is not very appetizing. And then when you add the heart healthy diet, um, it's miserable. Um, I got to the point I was not eating for enjoyment. It was just as well. I've got to do something because um, it, it did not taste all that good. So, um, but you know, my faith is what sustained me through that. Um, you know, some days it's just like, okay, there's more hurry up and wait. But God is still a part of it. God helped me through that. Um, another neat thing with with this passage is the fact that Paul quotes it. I think there are like three different times that Paul uses this actual verse in the New Testament. So sometimes, you know, we look back at the Old Testament, we look at Habakkuk, and it's like, oh, that's that's the old stuff. We don't need that. But Paul thought it was important. You know, in Romans chapter 1, verses 16 and 17, he says, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, because it is the power of God that brings salvation to everyone who believes, first to the Jew, then to the Gentile. For in the gospel, the righteousness of God is revealed, a righteousness that is by faith from first to last, just as it is written, the righteous will live by faith. So, you know, it's pretty important verse, and we, we often kind of skip over it, but God is faithful through all of these things, even when we need to wait. Um, and when you kind of think about, well, what does it mean to live by faith? Jesus said, you know, first commandment, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and love your neighbor as yourself. So love God, love people. You do those two things, everything's going to work out, and you're going to be living by faith. You know, that's, you know, sometimes it's kind of hard to love our neighbors. Um, sometimes, you know, you look at it and it's like, okay, can God really love me? Um, but God loves us, you know, and we need to be able to love God and love our neighbor as herself. Um, you know, you do those two things and it's going to work out. Uh, it's pretty easy to look at everything going on in the world right now and question where God is. Um, there's, you know, there's a lot going on. Uh, but we can take comfort as Christians in Habakkuk's message. And, you know, this is a vision for future time, and it describes the end, and it will be fulfilled. It seems slow in coming. Wait patiently, for it will surely take place. It will not be delayed. So God is still active. God is still present. And most importantly, God is with us. So even when we look at things and question, where, where are you, God? And it's, it's okay to question, but we need to seek. We need to look for God and, God and look for the answers like Habakkuk did. You know, he, he set up and it's like, okay, I'm going to wait for this. I'm going to watch. I'm going to look for the signs from it. So we need to be able to do that in our lives. Um, so my question for you is, are you able to trust God's timing? And know that he is in control or are you trying to do it all on your own you know so that that is one of the most important things that we can look at is even when times are difficult even when things are bad god is with us like when i was in the hospital i never felt like oh my gosh i'm gonna die um but looking at it it was my faith it was a matter of if if i'm healed if i get out of here god's not done with me and if I die, I know where I'm going. You know, it, it, I was literally in a win-win situation. 
So, so when we're able to look at that and have faith and know that God is with us, that makes a difference. So um, at this time, um, the band is going to be coming forward shortly, and uh, we're going to give you an opportunity to, uh, to pray. And uh, if you have a decision that you need to make or would like to pray with someone, I'll be in the back over here, and um, I'll ask if, and if you'd like to pray with uh, a woman. Uh, I've got Joy, and she'll stand over here. But uh, real fast, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for all that you've done for us. We thank you for your activity in our lives and pray that you would be with us and help us to uh, trust in you in every situation. I pray that we would be able to live by faith and know that you're with us and uh, that we would have patience when um, things are difficult and when we question that we would be able to look to you. I pray that you would help us to make your message clear to those around us and help us to always show your love. I pray that you would be with us and bless us so that we may be a blessing to others. Father, I pray that you would be with each and every person that is here today, and if anybody is watching online, I pray that they would be able to reach out and uh, that they would be able to find your touch and your presence in their lives. Uh, Help us to be the men and women that you created us to be, and help us to share your love. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.